Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of the Opal Everyone podcast. My name is Amanda and I am your host. And today we're just going to talk about something that I think everyone can relate to and that is just being angry over injustice, right? Okay, so and this actually has to do with my my like life update. So a couple days ago I actually went to a protest doesn't really matter what it was a protest about, to be honest, but I did go to a protest and it was really interesting. I probably want to go again because it got a little dicey, but I think that at the end of the day, it was just a good thing to do at least once um, and a good experience. But the problem with protests for me is like, unless there's some action that you're taking, there's a lot of talk and nothing ends up getting done. And so at the end of the day, it was just, you know, a bunch of people that were speaking up against something that I really believe in. However, it just was really frustrating because it just felt like a venting session, you know? Like, everyone's like, this is wrong, and everyone around them's like, yes, it is, but then what are we doing about it, you know? So I came home from that, and I just felt, I don't know, this sounds so weird, I know, but I felt like crawling out of my skin. I felt like like, I don't know, just so jumpy and antsy, and I felt like, like, I couldn't sit still, I couldn't do anything, I just felt very conflicted, and of course, as always, God came through for me. So I just finished up my, like, reading through First and Second Kings, and I thought, I don't know, I kind of like to switch back and forth between the Old and New Testament, because I find that there's so many interesting parallels and comparisons, and I just... I don't know, it's nice to kind of change genres, you know, the Old Testament's so different from the New Testament. So I went back into the New Testament, and I feel like maybe it was during church, someone had been reading from 1 Peter, and I was just like, okay, I feel like that's just one of those books that I don't ever really study. I go to this protest yesterday, right? I feel really weird, I just don't know what to feel about it, what to think about it, and I'm like, okay, let me do my devotions to calm down. And the passage is perfect. So I'm in First Peter 2. And so maybe you're like this right now. You're seeing what's going on in the news and you have your own opinion of what's going on. You have your own belief system that you've come to with discernment and you really believe in what you stand for. And you just can't imagine anyone thinking any differently. And it hurts to see people who are wrong. It hurts to see people who are disillusioned. It hurts to see people who will not sit down and dialogue with one another. They just want to throw punches. They just want to tell, like, muffle the other person, censor them, tell them you don't have a voice anymore because you do not deserve to be heard because your opinion is wrong. It can be very frustrating. And so I came home full of anger. I am not naturally an angry person. I just, I don't know, I just feel like there's more to life than being angry. I'd rather just let it go and, you know, do something else with my, with um, my energy but I was angry, and so I read in Second or First Peter 2 these words. Okay, ready? So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Wow, that, that just hit me because the people on the opposing side were so full of malice and deceit and hypocrisy, and in fact, Some of the people that, you know, were on my side, that were at the protest with me holding signs, they were full of malice and deceit and hypocrisy. And right now, whether you're on 
whether you're on the side that is right or the side that is wrong or the side that is in between, there's a way to go about telling the truth to people, right? There's a way to know the truth, but then to also be really malicious against people who don't believe the truth. There's a way to know the truth, but at yet, yet at the same time to be so hypocritical when it comes to it. You know, on the, on the weekends, you're talking about, oh, Jesus died for the, you on the cross, and I am such a good Christian, blah, blah, blah. And then you go home, and none of these words follow you past the front door, right? So I just wanted to talk with you guys about some of these words. And I, I've been kind of meditating on this passage. And so I feel like ultimately the root problem that comes down to all of this is fear. Okay, right now there's a lot of fear and disillusionment going around. Fear caused by disillusionment. Fear because the people that we thought we trusted, we don't know if we can trust anymore. Fear because we don't know what the facts are. Fear because there is no status quo anymore. Anything's, everything's always changing and it just feels like up is down, left is right. I don't know which direction to look. I don't know who to believe. So there's a lot of fear. Now, the two, the two ways that we can fight back fear that are not, or not correct, um, so I like to call them, actually, I thought of this the other day, and I was so proud of myself. So, there's anger, and then there's despondency, more like depression. So, anger, I like to call that aggressive. And then, depression or despondency, Sadness would be regressive. So again, when it comes to fear, there are two responses that we have that are just incorrect. There is the aggressive response and then the regressive response. Aggressive is, okay, so I I almost failed my high school physics. I still to this day do not understand half of what they were talking about. But I do remember the concept of exothermic and endothermic. And it is not because I am a physics, you know, prodigy by any means. Actually, it is because while I was awful at physics, I was very good at spelling. And in spelling, we learned a lot of Latin prefixes and suffixes. So some of those were endo and exo. So an endothermic reaction is something that creates heat inside. We're thinking about something inside, endo, in. Exo is something that creates, actually creates heat. It propels heat. So this is exo means out. So when we're thinking about this, again, an aggressive response is exothermic. It's anger. It's pushing out, punching. It's anger is just a very outward act. It it, you know, it's like heat. It just boils and bursts around you and it's very outward. The regressive response is the despondency, endothermic. It's very internal. It's very deep. It's very like, let me, you know, sit on this couch, be sad. No one really knows, but there's just something going on inside. So in this podcast episode, we're going to focus more on the aggressive response which would be anger and from those some of these um you know like malice deceit envy some of these words don't necessarily have to do with aggression or being angry but we're going to go over them because 
they they do have a place in this whole idea of fear and dealing with injustice and again just the fear that is going around and running rampant in our time so the first word that the bible says is to put away all malice and the way that i want to look at this is i actually want to look at each word and kind of do like a word study with you guys if you guys have been with oh beloved one for any amount of time you probably know that i am a word nerd i love words i love doing word studies and i have a couple of free ones on our blog if you want to go back in our archives and find those i have one on like the word cling and bless and a couple others it's under our free resources page but right now we're going to be looking over some of the words in first peter 2 this first one is malice so malice always makes me think of maleficent because i honestly i i think that that name comes from that word i don't know if whoever wrote the story of aurora actually came up with that name i actually think it's pretty in a really like weird way but um because of the character that it is that it represents, I will never use it, unfortunately. But yes, so malice, maleficent. This is like the idea of ill will. It's just looking at people and wishing that they would get run over by a bus. <laughs> it's looking at people and wishing that they would just disappear from the face of the earth. It's looking at people and wishing that they would just like melt away. It's wishing ill will on people, which in the moment, you know, sometimes it can be funny, sometimes it can seem righteous, but a lot of times, this is something that I do want to talk about, anger is not always wrong. There is a time and place to be angry for sure, especially when we're talking about injustice, when you're talking about people suppressing the truth. But to be honest, because we are humans, I do think the majority of times that we are angry or we wish malice on other people, we are actually not being godly about it at all. Because God is God, every single time that he is angry, he is doing it in perfection, which I actually think that that would be a very interesting study to just go through and write down all the times that God was mad. Like, what were the circumstances? What was happening? You'll find that every single time, in fact, he's angry because someone is breaking his rules. Someone's breaking his command. And a lot of times, our, the malice that we wish is not attached to God's glory. It's not attached to God's laws. It's just attached to our frustration with these people. It's attached to more of an, I'm right, you're wrong sort of thinking instead of a, my God is right. You are taking away from his glory and being blasphemous. Malice, again, is a desire to injure. That's just another way of saying ill will. I... I don't know if there is a good time to wish that someone were injured. I know that's very, very hard, but if you really struggle with this idea, and I know that we all do, I would really encourage you to read The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. I feel like I talk about that book on this podcast so much, but I'm just amazed. I've been, I've been alive for 22 years now, and I really hadn't ever heard of that book until... Uh, my, one of my mom's friends brought it up, and God bless her, she bought me a copy for my drive over to when I moved to LA, and I actually read it once I got to LA, and I was just, I was like brought to tears, because, I mean, you would think wishing ill will on a Nazi wouldn't be wrong, and Corey Ten Boom was not perfect. Corey Ten Boom sometimes did wish you know, evil upon people, but a lot of the time she did not. 
and she was just so loving and it's just it's it's stories like that where you're like okay there there definitely is a god because it is absolutely superhuman for people to you know share the gospel with a nazi because if anybody should burn up in hell i'm telling you it is the nazis they were evil evil people malice can also mean depravity and i guess that would that would just be like wishing people an evil death i work in a field where i know a lot of people like i know people personally who have gotten death threats and the things that they say I I love following Allie Beth Stuckey, and the other day she posted that someone had written in her DMs and said, I wish your mother had aborted you, and she was just, you know, like, thank you, thank you for that, I appreciate that. Like, th- if that isn't depravity, I don't know what is. They, uh, some of the influencers that I work with, they have people write them in their DMs, and write out very graphically exactly the way that they wish that these people will die and it's just it's so wrong it's it's depravity it's there's nothing godly about that at all so put away all malice i also want us to think about how the bible says all there should not be a a speck of these things in your life and lots of times we have a lot of specks right we're kind of like those okay so when i was younger i was also obsessed with horses and there was this this white horse that has black speckles, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember what it's called. I want to say alpaca, but I know that's not it. That's like that's like a type of llama or goat or whatever. That's not what it's called. But anyway, it's a speckled, um, a white horse speckled with black. And I feel like we're like that a lot as Christians, you know what I mean? We're this beautiful white horse, and yet we have all these little speckles of things. We have speckles of malice. We have speckles of hypocrisy, speckles of idols and sin, and we think, well, it's fine. I mean, I'm mostly white. Like, I mean, you would call me a white horse with black speckles, right? I'm not a black horse, but still, it's not enough to be that. God says, be holy for I am holy. He wants us to be 100% holy, not 98% holy. So the next one is Put away all deceit. So this actually comes from a word meaning decoy, which I thought was really interesting because it's almost like deceit. It's not even just not telling the truth because I know when we're little, we have to learn the difference between, you know, like withholding the truth because that's still a lie. And a lot of times it's like, well, I mean, I didn't say anything. Well, that's still lying because you withheld the truth. This decoy idea is actually not just withholding the truth, but actually, I mean, saying a straight up lie, giving a decoy truth. That's not true. The idea of deceit, um, it also was talking about use, like a trick or using bait, lure, uh, using a snare to capture people, and also the word guile. So there's a lot, and I honestly think in this context, it's probably talking about more of the, the lying type, snaring. Need to cease. I know. So now there's a lot going on in the news, and there's a lot of lies and deceit going around. And sometimes I'm tempted to um, maybe I'll say facts that I know aren't a hundred percent true, or maybe I'll say it and I don't know where the source is. And I think that we need to be really, really careful. We should not be sharing conspiracy theories. We should not be sharing things that we aren't that don't come from good sources because. As Christians, we are not the harbingers of dread. We are not 
to be the disseminaries, is that even the right word? We aren't to be, if we're an essential oil diffuser, I'm, I have so many weird analogies tonight. We should not be diffusing fear and panic and conspiracy theories and drama into the air. No deceit in us. We should be actively looking for the truth and spreading that truth with people. Now, something that's very important is that the truth does start with the gospel. Last summer, I was so, so upset when I saw Christians posting and saying, hey, the gospel's great and all, but like right now, please keep that to yourself and, you know, focus on other things. No, truth starts with the gospel. If we can't talk about the gospel, there is no truth. There's no reason to even be truthful, okay? The number one thing that people need around us is not to know what's going on in Washington, D.C. It's not to know what is going on with COVID. The number one thing that we need to share with others and that people need to know is that God has a perfect gift for them that includes a relationship with his son and that will save them from sure death and a a meaningless life. That's the truth that we need. And I think part of Part of the problem with everything that's going on in the news, I know I keep saying everything, I just hate like actually saying it because I don't want this to be political or anything, but you know, with COVID and everything, I think part of the problem is that Satan is using this as a deceit. He's using this as a snare and a lure and bait and decoy because it keeps people sidetracked from what they should actually be paying attention to. And we can't be part of that. We can't be always starting conversations with, COVID and what's going on in the news, we can't allow our lives to circulate around all this. And I know it's fun to have drama in our lives. I mean, that's why reality TV, there's a whole section on my Netflix and Hulu called drama TV because we love drama, especially when it doesn't necessarily involve like us. But we cannot allow ourselves to be spiraling around that because that's just not a good testimony to other people. The third thing that we have to put away all of is hypocrisy, which I do want to mention for my KJV friends that this is the word dissimulation because I grew up with the KJV and I never knew what the word dissimulation meant. That means hypocrisy. Now, I'm sure we all know what hypocrisy is, but actually just a couple years ago, I heard that the Greek word for hypocrisy actually is the idea of, so you know, back in ancient Greece, Plays were huge. People were always doing plays. And the actors, to be different people, they would wear masks. And so the idea of hypocrisy in the Greek is one of these actors wearing a mask. It is the acting of a stage player. It is acting under a feigned part. And that is just so crazy to think about, that we could be feigning the role of a good Christian. We could be just pretending to be upright and holy and kind even. I find kindness to be so hard because I can I can actually very easily fake being kind, but at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, am I actually doing this because I care about this person or because I just want them to like me, right? Because that's not really kindness. That's That's I'm getting something in return. So that's not really kindness. Kindness is selfless. Love is selfless. We also have to be careful with everything that's that's going on that our words just line up with who we are as Christians. We can't be out, you know, protesting or something and going home and being a hypocrite. Whether that's being a hypocrite 
um, just as, as a person in a whole or as a Christian. We have to make sure that everything that we're doing is... We can't have a cubbyhole Christianity, right? Whether I am protesting or I am grocery shopping, I am a Christian. And so I have to make sure that my protocol is always proper and befits a representative of God, the God of the universe. So another thing that we're supposed to put away is envy. Now, I know that a lot of people make a separation between envy and jealousy, and I actually I actually like that. Um, when I was researching this word, they really didn't, they didn't really make a marker between envy and jealousy. The difference between envy and jealousy, as far as I understand, is envy is actually um, a feeling of discontent or resentfulness, long or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck, leading to a desire to have it and therefore wishing ill will on the person. So what I believe, um, or from what I've heard, envy is... Jealousy plus wishing that that person didn't have what they have. So envy is looking at someone, well, let's start with jealousy because it's more basic. Jealousy is looking at a girl and saying, ugh, oh my goodness, I love her shoes. I wish I had them. Envy takes it a step further and says, not only do I wish I had them, I wish she didn't have them. Or, I mean, even wishing ill will on them, I wish she would trip and break her ankle so that she couldn't even wear them. Like, envy just takes it one step further. It is ill will, it is spite, it is jealousy plus vindictiveness. And we can't have any of that in our lives. I go back to thinking about how I believe a lot of Christians, and it can be very tempting, a lot of Christians are envious of the wicked, right? I was just, this past Wednesday, I was really upset, but I did end up making it to church, and I'm glad I did because the sermon, I just, I needed the sermon so much. It was talking about how it's so tempting to look at the evil and think, or the wicked people, and think, they have it so good. And don't we look at them a lot and think that, and then also think, and I wish that they didn't. I wish that they would lose everything they had. I wish that it's not just enough that I wish that I had it. I wish that they didn't and that they would suffer. Which, granted, a lot of times, actually, I feel like wishing that the wicked would suffer is not necessarily a, a wrong thing, but we do have to be very careful because it can quickly become a wrong thing, as I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. I mean, just read Ecclesiastes. It's, it's Solomon saying over and over again, what is life? What is life? There is no justice. I mean, wicked people are rich, they're famous, they're powerful, and at the end of the day, I'm a Christian, but I am poor as dirt. Like, what is this? And we cannot be envious of the wicked because we have the truth. We have the only thing that matters in life, and we know what's going to happen to them in the end of their days, and that is a fate worse than death. They have to die for eternity. We only have to die twice, right? We die once to the old man, and then we die physically, and then we live forever. So the last one that Second Peter says, to, or First Peter says to put away, is slander. Now, slander. So according to my research, slander is backbiting, evil speaking, and defamation. So the way that I understand it, slander is saying things about people behind their back that are vindictive. Uh, slander is, like this said, evil speaking. It's 
saying bad things about people, basically, which I know is very tempting to do. After this protest, it was, it's just always so easy to name names and to, you know, hate on these people. And we do have to be careful, again, to not let rumors fly. We have to be careful to still remember that these are people too. And at the end of the day, words are just words. Um, Words show what's on our heart, but words are also just words. And they really do need to be paired with an action. So if we're just complaining about people all the time, slandering the people that we think are on the other side, slandering evil people, we're just going to look bitter, okay? We have to pair that with action, and we have to pair that with truth. And I don't know, if, if our lives are full of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, are we not just as bad as the people that we are engaging with? Are we not just as bad as the people who are the objects of these negative feelings? If we allow these feelings to win, then the other side is winning, whoever the other side may be, whether it's the evil people in power or whether it's Satan. Positive feelings are so, so hard in this case because fear fear is very powerful and negative emotions are a lot more powerful than positive emotions, it feels like. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the speaker said that unfortunately a lot more evil can be done in a short period of time than good. And isn't that the way that it is? I mean... (laughs) It's much easier to gain weight than lose weight, not saying that that's evil. Don't take that out of context. But it just feels like it's always a lot easier to add than subtract. It's a lot easier to add evil than to subtract evil or, you know, um, insert good into our lives. But that makes it, that's when you know you're doing the hard thing. The hard thing is the right thing and the good thing. So I'm going to be talking about the regressive side of this, but I don't want to leave you guys with just this kind of like, don't do these. Because, I mean, if you're anything like me, yesterday I knew, I knew what I was doing was wrong. But what I really needed, I needed that reminder, and I needed to put a name to what was wrong. But I also needed some, hey, this is what you do instead. Because if you guys listen to my episode about biblical counseling, we always want to put on, renew, and, or sorry, put off, renew, and then put on. So going back to the adding and subtracting idea, whenever we subtract evil, we want to add good. So here we are subtracting malice, we're subtracting deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Instead, we are adding these things, okay? So let's keep reading in First Peter 2. It says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And these are the, just the first three verses of 1 Peter 2, so you know this is going to be a good passage. So instead of all these negative things, we are actually supposed to long for spiritual milk. The, this is the sustenance that leads to growth. And we know what this is, right? reading the Bible, meditating on God's word, memorizing his word, praying, being with his people, worshiping God, going to church. 
So instead of all of these negative feelings, we should be trying to grow. We should be doing all the things that, and I mean, at the end of the day, is that such a simple response? You know, I was looking for some great theological thing, like, oh, this, I'm seeing all this injustice going down and no one's doing anything about it. What do I do? And God's like, um, pray, like read the Bible, do what you should be doing, like growing as a Christian. I'm like, oh, this sustenance leads to growth, which growth is actually started. Growth is realizing that God is good. And I think that's an important choice. So maybe all these things like malice is believing that God is not good. Deceit is believing that God is not good enough for the truth. Hypocrisy is believing that God is not truth for the real me and for me trying. Envy is believing that God is not good enough to give me what is best. Slander is believing that I am in the right and using my tongue against the God who made it. And it's in these moments, instead of choosing these negative feelings, that we should choose to believe that God is good. God is good despite all the injustice in the world. God is good despite the people that do not agree with me and are just so, so blinded by Satan right now. That is the antidote. That's the antidote. There you go. That's the answer. And it's simple, but it comes right from the Bible so you know that it's true. I don't know. I'm honestly glad that there's not this great theological, you know, like 10-step program to to conquering malice. It's just as simple as growing as a Christian. At the end of the day, any problem that you have comes down to just being closer to God and growing more like him. And thankfully, we have all the tools we need for that. And God has made it so simple. If we just give him 10 minutes, 30 minutes a day to do our devotions, if we just speak with him in prayer, which we can do anywhere, anytime, for however long. If we just put in the smallest little bit of work and we have a mustard seed of faith, God will multiply it so much and you will find that you fall in love with the word, you fall in love with God, you fall in love with prayer. You will see amazing prayers answered. You will see these strongholds in your life torn down and all these negative emotions without you even having to sign up for an email list or watch a webinar, you'll get rid of all of these. I just want to remind you guys that we as Christians, it's just so, this is such a burden on my heart right now that we represent Christ well. That when other people are throwing things and yelling and refusing to let each other speak and there's just so much hate in the air, so much violence, people are just ready to run into the streets and that's not the way we do things as Christians. It's not. We are wise and discerning, but we know at the end of the day what really, really matters. And we are not the people that wish ill will on others. We're not the people that lie and cheat and steal. And it may seem that the people that lie and cheat and steal are getting ahead in life. And they might be, but in God's eyes, they are not. There's a verse I was reading the other day. I... Who was it? I think it was Joshua, and he was saying, or maybe it was Hezekiah, but it was saying that um, because they believed God and followed in all his ways, and yeah, it was Hezekiah, and led Israel well, wherever he went, wherever Hezekiah went, God prospered him. It may not look like that in the moment. There, there, are, there are always dark days. I mean, just read the stories in the Bible. There's always things that look like there's no hope. 
I mean, Joseph, I, I believe he was in prison for seven years and he probably felt forgotten and unimportant. And I wonder if there was some malice in his heart. I wonder if there was some slander, some envy. I'm sure that there was. And yet God used him and grew him so that at the end of the, his life, he could look back on all of that and say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I just pray that we too will be able to have that message at the end of our lives and that love and growth and we will be able to share that God, our God, is way bigger than any of these negative emotions or any of the things that are going on in the news. So I hope that that was really encouraging to you guys. Please, before you guys leave, make sure that whatever application you're on, you give us a follow. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast for I a weekly episode and make sure that you follow us on Instagram that's beloved.magazine we post little devotionals almost daily I try to do it daily so that's just some encouragement in your Instagram feed we also have a blog and magazine that's at obeloved1.com it's all free so make sure that you head over there there's also free resources um, I've been doing the magazine since 2012, and I believe the last three years worth of magazines are up on the website for you guys to look through so much. There's just a wealth of content there, so make sure that you guys take advantage of that. And if you want email updates when we release a new magazine, blog post, or podcast episode, make sure that you sign up for our mailing list. It's on the front page of our website. Can't miss it. And I hope that this was just really encouraging to you guys. I will talk to you again next week. And until then, don't forget that you are a beloved child of the king of the universe.